the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're rounding the corner to that ho-ho-ho Christmas day when uh, all the kitties are getting excited and can't get to sleep that night. And uh, we're really excited that we get to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we hope that as you prepare for that day, that you're having a blessed time. And we thank you for tuning in tonight, the next hour, with your host, Bay Area pastor, professor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight, we bring you part six in our series on the doctrine of of the Trinity. Now, this essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned, attacked, denied, and isogeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine? particularly in our churches, and what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be uplifted and blessed by the program tonight. And I want to say to everyone out there in Radio Land, Merry Christmas to all of you, and Happy New Year in advance. And we trust that uh, the coming year will be a blessed year where you'll be able to get closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that he'll bless you abundantly. Well, we're going to get into this part six here, uh, dealing with uh, the Trinity, the heart of who God is. We've already learned that God is one God who's called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a great logician to figure that all out. We know from Genesis to Revelation, that's how God has revealed himself. And uh, anybody that would say anything other than that, that's a false God. That's a false Jesus. That's a false father, false son, false Holy Spirit. And we are just blessed to be able to have the privilege before the grace of God to teach on who he is. And uh, I just want to 
say this, uh, you know, we have learned so far. Uh, and we kind of like uh, back off of my book as well, the If Propositions Supporting the Trinity. And I just want to say we've learned so far, uh, if it can be shown that God is one God, it has been shown. And if it can be shown uh, that the Father is called God, it has been shown. Now, if it can be shown, we're going to learn this tonight, that the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is called God. Well, we need to get into the scripture to see what the scripture says about Jesus Christ. It's important for us to know who he is. That's why Jesus asked that Christological question in Matthew chapter 16. He said to his disciples, what think ye of me? What think ye of me? And you know what? They uh, mention all different types of names, just like Today, if you ask the question who Jesus is, you get all different types of definitions. But there's only one true definition. He is God, the Son, second person of the Holy Trinity. Now, the early Christians viewed Jesus as the Lord. Uh, and in Greek, the word Lord, kurios, uh, which may mean uh Three things in Greek. It can mean, number one, God. It can mean, number two, Lord. Or it can mean, number three, Master. And make a note of this. Over 700 times in the New Testament, it refers to him in all these areas, meaning that he is God. And, you know, we need to believe it, receive it, and achieve this. That's so important for us to understand that. And the fact that he is fully God, fully man, is the central claim of the New Testament concerning Christ. And that's why Paul, for instance, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he writes in Colossians, uh, and uh, he gives us the assurance of who Jesus is. And he is the great power over all things. And him all things are created. He has all power under his feet, and that he can be only God. And you take that out, we have no gospel. You take that out, we have no Jesus. You take that out, we have no Father. You take that out, we have no Son. You take that out, we have no Holy Spirit. And you take that out, we have no Christianity. You take that out, and we have no salvation. Colossians 2 and 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Greek, that's theoteto somatikos, deity in flesh. Now, what I want to do tonight is to open up this dialogue on who Jesus is from the definition of the Father himself. Now, all arguments stop but who the Father says his Son is. And I don't care if a Jehovah Witness say this, and a Mormon, and a liberal, or any apostate, a heretic, doesn't matter what they say. The most important thing is what the Father says and the Word of God. What the Father says, all arguments stop where what the Father says. And it needs to stop with you, too, in terms of all the arguments that people are trying to say, 
Jesus is this and Jesus is that. And there are people who say, oh, I believe in the Father. <laughs> well, if you believe in the Father, you got to believe what the Father says about his Son. Now, I want you to go to that superiority chapter regarding Jesus. He is the superiority one in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews all the way through talks about Jesus being the superiority one over all, over all creation, over Moses, over the prophets, over the angels, over people, over Aaron, over the Melchizedek, over all of that, over the tabernacle. When you read through the book of Hebrews, you get a Reader's Digest condensation of who Jesus is, as well as a Reader's Digest condensation of the entire Old Testament. I always tell people, if you really want to get a working knowledge of the Old Testament, start off with the book of Hebrews. Now, I want you to notice Hebrews chapter 1. And it says in Hebrews chapter 1, it says in verse 1, God. I want you to notice that God, who has sundry times and in divers matters, right, in past times unto the fathers by the prophets. So this is God. God is the first word here mentioned. And I want you to notice in verse 5, it mentions uh, his son. And then it mentioned again, I will be unto him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And then look at verse 6, God. Worship God. Worship Him. You notice the discussion is constantly about God, and we talk about God the Father. But notice what God the Father changes up to say. Notice this clearly and carefully. In verse 8, this is one of the most powerful scriptures on the deity. Deity means Jesus is God, on who Jesus is. But unto the Son, now this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. Look at that. Open up your Bibles. You're, you're in Bible school now. You're in a mini-seminary. Uh, and I'm going to be your professor. So come to your table. Get your pens. Get your Bibles out. This is not about Buckner. This is the Bible. This is the Word of God. Now, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. So here you have the Father, because we mentioned God earlier, God the Father. The Father is saying to the Son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of thy kingdom. So people say in the book of Revelation, isn't, isn't God the Father on the throne? <laughs> yes, he is, but my friend, Jesus is on that throne too equally. He's on that throne equally. And a lot of times when people read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, they stop at verse 8. I want you to notice something that's so powerful. It's not only talking about uh, God is talking about his son, but he's saying the son is has, he's on the throne. And then, this, then he says he's God, oh God is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of thy kingdom. And he's saying that he has a kingdom. This is loaded about Jesus being God. It's not just saying he's God. It's saying that he has a throne as God. He has a scepter like a king. 
and he's righteous, and he has a kingdom. And you better get right with that that, that uh, king in order to enter into his kingdom. Notice verse 9, because most Christians stop at verse 8. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, he said God, and then he called Jesus God, God the Father, and even thy God. <laughs> Here's another passage confirming that Jesus God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above the fellows. Look at verse 10. And thou, O Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a venture shall thou fold up them up, and they shall be changed. But thou, thou art the same, and thy years shall not fall. Now, what I want you to notice is, verse 10, he calls him Lord. And then he's calling him the creator. How many people read all of the passages? You notice that oratory said a text taken out of context becomes a pretext for error. You've got to read the whole context. And in the whole context, it's saying in verse 10 that he's the creator because he laid the foundation. Now, this is the crew that got shot in the skull, and then we'll bring this home. I want you to compare scriptures. When you're in Bible school, you're in Bible school now, uh, you're going to learn how to compare scriptures with scripture. Now, go over in your Bibles to Psalms 45 and verse 6. Psalms 45 and verse 6. Now, the same thing that refers to uh, the Son, the same thing that refers to the Son in this passage, in this passage here, the same thing that refers to the Son in this passage here in, in, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 uh, and 9 and 10. Uh, in this verse 8, 9, and 10, and 11, and 12, especially verse 8, you go over to uh, to Psalms 45 and verse 6 and 7, it's referring to Jesus, uh, like Jesus over there, over here in Psalms 45, the passage that refers to Jesus in Hebrews is referring to the Father with the same uh, quotation. Psalms 45 and verse uh, 6, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above the fellows. Amen. And so there's one more thing I want to, I want to sh share with you, and then I'm, and then I'm going to stop on this. I'm going to give you some homework. You go. To, you want to go over to Psalms 102 and uh, verses 25 through 27. It talks about, oh, uh, in Psalms 102, 25 through 27, of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. And so when you read, and even talks about, they shall perish, but thou shalt endure, yea, all shall wax old like that. Now, so verses 25 to 27 is the same quotation over here in Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 8 through 12. 
Uh, this is amazing. This is a confirmation that Jesus, that God is the creator. He laid the foundation, and then it quotes to Jesus, him laying the foundation, he being God, he's on the throne, just like God the Father's on the throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Repent, accept Jesus right now. If you deny him as God, accept him right now. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. We know that many of you out there have been long-time listeners and long-time prayers, prayer warriors. And so we thank you for that consistency in prayer. We also like to thank those who have been consistent in partnering with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and without your financial support, we just would not be able to do it. So we need your help right now. We're running behind by $390, so we need your help in order to retire this debt. And, you know, it's Christmas time, and um, many folks have gifts on the mind, and they're wearing Amazon Prime out, trying to get all the stuff ordered in time for uh, Christmas Day. But consider a Christmas gift that would touch folks for time and eternity. Consider a Christmas gift that would provide you treasures in heaven. And that gift would be a gift to this ministry. Because what we're doing will touch lives for time and eternity. And we always say, you know, one day you'll stand before God and he will say, turn around. And you'll see a vast multitude of people standing there. And you're going to ask the Lord, who are these people? And the Lord will say, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving. And so that's a powerful thing. It's a powerful notion. And to know that God has blessed us with so many resources, time, talent, and treasure. What are you doing with all three of yours? And so this is an opportunity, especially during the season of giving, to consider giving to contending for the faith. There are two ways that you can donate. One, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And it's such a wonderful thing to know that your giving is, is ushering people into the kingdom. It's a very powerful thing and that uh, there's no greater investment. 
Well, Dr. Buckner, um, we just also want to make the uh, aware that we won't be live next Saturday. Uh, we're going to take uh, Christmas weekend off, but we're going to air the one of the best of contending for the faith. So you won't be able to call in, but you will be able to listen in. So we just want to remind you that next week uh, we'll be off for Christmas. It won't be a live broadcast, but we will have one of the best of contending for the faith. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to uh, talk to some of these callers tonight? Yes, sir. Let's do that. All right. Let's go to CC. He's been patiently waiting on line one with an interesting question. How are you doing, CC? Trying to hang in there. How are you doing? Well, we're truly blessed, my brother, and uh, Merry Christmas for you. The same to all you guys there at the studio. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, how did the Word of God speak to you tonight? What what you got out of the Word of God tonight? I just got a, a better, I mean, I knew Christ was superior over everything, but it, it just, how you opened it up, just brought it out to more, you know, saying you, you brought up, um, gave me a broader understanding of that. And um, also I like how you compared the passages um, where you said God laid the foundation, where he laid the foundation of the earth and God laid the foundation of the earth and God is creator. Just, oh, just amazing how you, I uh, like how you um, connected those passages that complement each other and also um, show the superiority of Christ, because I think that's a good passage to use in Hebrews when you're dealing with the Jehovah Witnesses, because I've, I've had to deal with Jehovah Witnesses, and I've to, had to deal with Mormons, and when you have information like that, it becomes very, very essential and very, very um, exalting to Christ, and you want, you want to be able to be very polemical when you're dealing with people at the same time, but you want to be able to do it in a way where you're exalting Christ and not yourself. So I really, you know, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate the the good feedback as well. Uh, and what's on your heart tonight? You got a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask you um, your input um, on this um, theology, or well, false theology, this theology called congruous merit. Right, congruous merits. Right, exactly. Have you ever done any reading on that yourself? I haven't, I haven't um, gotten gotten too, I haven't gotten too far with, you know, what I'm saying, but um, yeah. yeah. So let me let me just tell you it in a nutshell that Hinduism uh, merits it maintains that it is uh, possible for man in his natural state, and the key word is natural state, to live as to deserve the grace of God by which he may be able to obtain salvation. In other words, uh, grace uh, can be obtained through uh, natural means. Now, uh, this is uh, contrary to the Word of God, and it's uh, blasphemous as well, uh, because a person can will be condemned uh, thinking like that and thinking that you're going to get into the kingdom with that mentality. Now, the way I would respond to that natural state that they emphasize the people that are into that theological camp. And there are people that are into this theological camp. There's a lot of people into a lot of strange and weird uh, theological thinking. But um, I would challenge them from the perspective of the Apostle Paul. Now, in the book of Corinthians, uh, he talks about three types of people. Uh, he talks about the spiritual man, number one, then number two, 
the carnal man, that's the worldly one, and then the, the natural man, <clears throat> the natural man. That's the people with the congruous merits because they fall under the natural man that the Apostle Paul uh, is talking about. Uh, now, um, let me kind of read uh, to you uh, something uh, that relates to this natural man that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. Um, and you look at verse 13, uh, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, see, uh, receive not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And then uh, when you get into chapter 3, he talks about, I, brethren, and I, brethren, would not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So that when he says spiritual, that's a spiritual man. There's some people that's not uh mature to that level, but as carnal. So there's the carnal. That's the, the second person. That's the worldly person. And throughout First uh, Corinthians chapter two, chapter 3, he hits that carnal thing over and over. We have a lot of folks like that in our churches. Uh, some of them are more carnal than spiritual. And he talks about that in verse 3, carnal. And then carnal mentioned again. Verse 4, carnal. See, so... Uh, the way to witness to people like this is to just simply uh, bring out the scriptures uh, because you can't uh, debate with them intellectually. You'll get nowhere. And you just uh, bring out what the Apostle Paul said. This is a good apologetic approach with people who hold to this view and uh, show them the scriptures here about the natural. Uh, that natural person cannot discern the things of God. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And if you hold to that view and think you're going to have a relationship with God's grace, uh, the, uh, Paul says, must we continue to sin that grace will abound? You're not going to get no grace, even though they think you are going to get it, not thinking that way. So hopefully that, that kind of gives us some additional meat with that question. Yeah, that's 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 all that's all I need to work with right there. That's that's good. You know, and, and I, I take that with, you know, what I already have right there. And that's, that's, you know, I'm good. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So some good stuff to uh, apologetic stuff. Good answers to uh, to because you got to hit them up with the word. Even when Jesus was dealing with the devil uh, in the wilderness, he said, "It's written." Only thing we can stand on now is written. It's written. The word of God. Know it, so we can defend it. That's what apologetics is all about. You have any uh, prayer requests, questions, or uh, uh, concerns? Yeah, if you could um, continue to, to um, pray for my family, my mother, Rosalinda, and my family, and I want I want my family to be protected, you know, from this this virus that's spread. And, you know, I know there's other means that people, we have to do to you know protect ourselves, but I want to pray for God's, you know, His protection over my family as well as myself. You can pray for me. Um, I need some I need healing on the side of my face, and if you can just lift up again our president and those who are in authority right now. I mean, a president and those who are, you know, in the celebrity world, you know, as a whole. Amen. All righty. Well, 
let's go before the Lord and uh, have Brother Gary to lift up this prayer request that you have. So, Lord, we just thank you for opportunity to come before the throne of grace. And we lift up Brother C.C. and his family for um, that you would put a hedge of protection around them, especially in respect to this virus. And we pray, Lord God, for C.C.'s face for that for healing, Lord God. From the crown of his head to the tip of his, his toes that bring healing and life and restoration and wholeness. We pray for this country's leadership, Lord God, that you, that they would lead by following your lead, Lord God, that their hearts would be moved by your will. We always say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we pray that your will be done in America as it is in heaven that from the White House to the farmhouse, that uh, people would be moved by your spirit and led by your spirit, and that they would lead by following your lead. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Uh, Thank you, Cece, for your call, your feedback, and always your... uh, Good uh, questions as well. You're welcome. Thank you, all of you guys. All right. God bless. All right. We've got about one minute. Do we have time to do Jermaine or get him started? Let's do that. All right, Jermaine. Give us give us the rundown. How are you doing, brother Jermaine? I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll be quick. Um, just with all the current turmoil going on in our country and things seem to be heating up in all sectors. I was just curious, like, what do you, um, what advice would you have for people? Like, what's the biblical way to deal with, with everything? All this. Stuff. I know it sounds like a cliche question, but I know a lot of people are generally in a position they haven't been in before, and I just wanted to get your, you guys' thoughts on that. From economic to political, the mental to spiritual, what, what would be your answer? Okay, well, let's take that answer as soon as we get back from the commercial. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have stepped up to the plate and hit a home run by partnering with us to through, through your financial giving. And it's so, so critical um, that you continue to pray consistently for this ministry and that you also are able to give to this ministry. It's a listener-supported ministry, and right now we're looking at a $390 deficit that we need to retire. We want to get that taken care of. And, you know, as we round the curve toward Christmas and everybody's shopping and giving gifts, it would be so appropriate right now to give a gift to Contending for the Faith. There's two ways that you can give. One is to write a check or money order and send it to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online 
to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just want to encourage you during the Christmas holiday, as we are all caught up in the spirit of giving, let's get caught up in giving to a ministry that will impact lives for time and eternity. So let's get back to Jermaine's question. Are you still there, Jermaine? Oh, yes, I am. Amen. Well, you had a very good uh, question there. And can you uh, repeat it again uh, so that those who may be just tuning in can hear your question? Uh, ask your question again. Yeah, just um, what would be your thoughts on how to deal with all the multitude of issues that we're dealing with here in America that we just didn't have to deal with. I, I know, uh, you know, from the civil unrest to the pandemic to the politicians you can't trust to, to uh, just everything. I know a lot of people's situations were just completely, you know, reversed. They did a 180, and a lot of people are desperate. A lot of people are, are searching or looking, and, you know, it, it's easy to just say, hey, read the Bible, but... It goes deeper now with so many folks that I've seen out there. What would be your thoughts on how to deal with the current troubles we're having and what looks like the potential troubles we're going to have in January with our presidential situation? Nobody's going to be happy. Both sides have already established that. The economy is not going to improve anytime soon. But for those of us that have hope and faith in the Lord, how would you direct you know, us and others who are seeking how to uh, navigate this, this upcoming potential trouble? Well, that's a very good question. And, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, in the midst of all of the uh, racism, the problems that was going on, uh, the craziness that was going on during his era, uh, he would always quote Amos 5 and 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Uh, and... Jesus' primary mission was justice. You know, in the book of Isaiah, talk about that, that he would come and bring justice. And there's so much injustices going on today, even uh, on a political, economic, religious uh, level, sociological level. Uh, and uh, it is, it's really bad. And I believe that in the midst of the injustices, uh, the only answer to the injustices uh, is that we uh, become a, a just people and follow God. We've experienced a little bit of a technical difficulty, and we'll try to get uh, Dr. Buckter cued back in here in a second. But to piggyback on what he was saying, you know, we really, like no other time in history, this is this is a brand new situation. There's mm-hmm. been... You know, we, we're watching the entire planet being shut down, you know, because of this situation. And people really, you know, are going to have to to seek God. I believe that, you know, you can, can only deal with so much. Like you mentioned, you have uh, the, the political issues. You've got the financial issues. You've got all of these things and emotional issues. And people have been stuck in their homes and the, you know, the, the mental uh, stress of all of this stuff all at once. 
um, you know, apart from God, it's, it's easy to see people, you know, begin to, to start to lose it. And, um, you know, I, I think God wants everybody's attention. And I think he, he's, he's waiting for people to step up and to, uh, to seek his face. You know, it's, it's really a critical time. And I, you know, especially for believers, you know, we really, you know, have to get serious about our relationship with God. We have to get serious about seeking his face and hearing from him. And in that process, that's where you will find peace is in his presence. And, you know, if, if you, if you're one of those Christians that, you know, all you do is, you know, pray over your food. If you're one of those Christians that the only time you think about God is Sunday when you, when you go to church or, or, or um, lately, we as believers, we really need to step up and seek God's face because that's where you find your peace. That's where you find your hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Try talking, keep trying to talk again. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I, you know, believe we, as we as, as God's people, it needs to start there. And, and, and be that example to you know, the rest of the world, because as people look at your life and your reaction and your response to the, the situation, and they'll wonder, how is it that you have peace? How is it that you still have joy? How is it in the midst of all of that's going on, you know, you're not freaking out? You know, what, what kind of example are we, are we are setting forth as believers? It's critical. Why don't we move on to uh, Rick, who's waiting on line three? Yes, hello. Hey, Rick, how are you doing? I am blessed. How about yourself, Gary? You know, every day I'm thanking God because he keeps us going. He keeps blessing me. Um, he keeps giving me peace in the midst of so many storms. Um, and I just want to encourage the listening audience. That's that's where we're going to find your peace. That's where you're going to find, you know, if, as, as Dr. Buckner mentioned from Chronicles, this, my people would seek my face. Right, and turn from their wicked ways. And that's what we need to do. Um, but what's your question, Brother Rick? Well, you know, when we talk about the uh, Trinity and the way we've been taught in the church so many times, we, we, we're taught to explain the Trinity in terms of Trinitarian text first. Is there a better way? I think I hear Dr. Buckner. Yes. What, uh, what was uh, Rick's question? I'm, I'm back. I'm using my phone. What was okay. uh, Rick's question? Is there a better way to explain Trinitarian than just using Trinitarian text to explain to explain the Trinity? Well, let me let me respond to that. There is a lot of uh, people who have not been discipled well when it comes to the Trinity, and what they do is they use Trinitarian text before they build the basis for their faith in God. So in a lot of our churches, we hear Trinitarian songs about the Trinity, and we hear people talking about the Trinity, and they mention the benediction. And that seems to be the only thing that a lot of people in our churches know about the Trinity. And so when they're witnessing, they're using Trinitarian texts. But let me say this. Let me uh, surprise a lot of you out there listening. You don't use Trinitarian texts until after you build the basis of your faith first and the foundation. The foundation is first demonstrating that God is one God, and that one God is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And then once you've demonstrated that from an apologetic standpoint, then you bring in the Trinitarian text, where all three of them together uh, in unison. You don't bring that up first because you need to establish the foundation of the Trinity first, and that foundation is God being one God called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, so that's what I would say regarding that, Brother Rick. No, I, I appreciate that, because uh, that somebody's going to come back and say to me, where do, you get your, where do you get your faith from? So we have to be able to explain it. Yeah, we have to be able to explain it, and that's where the, the churches have failed, many churches have failed to disciple people in knowing who, that God is one God called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So very good question. We appreciate your question, and we are going to try to get to, we got thrown off with uh, the computer, we're going to try to get to our last caller, but thank I you, Rick. Wanted, I just want to do one, one, one place report. I am home now yes. from the uh, rehab center, so I well, just want to give thanks God. for that. That is good news. Thank you for sharing that praise report, and we'll be in prayer with you around that. Okay, let's see if we can squeeze in uh, uh, who we have. Sally. Sally. Let's see if we can squeeze in Sally real quick. We're praying for your team and for KFAX's team, too, because you guys, with all this COVID thing, have put up with a lot, and we just are very thankful for that. Uh, Luke 1, uh, 51 he, uh, Mayor, I for the last four years after Thanksgiving, I'm very much into Mary's testimony. And in Luke 51, it says he has strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imaginations of the imagination of their heart. That means that they want to do things their own way. And I would like to. Uh, uh, say that I think evolution is one of the main worst things that has happened to us, that men have come up with the imagination of evolution. Do you have a comment? Well, that is very true, because uh, everything that has pretty much influenced uh, our uh, world and culture, even going back to uh, Adolf Hitler, was evolution, and that word imagination, Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 1, how their imagination became corrupt, and uh, then God brought his judgment uh, upon uh, the people because they allowed their imagination to go so, go, get so corrupt. And we find that this thing, imagination problem, goes all the way back to why God uh, brought the flood. Uh, because the imagination of man uh, became so wicked and evil. But evolution uh, is the uh, father, uh, the foundational father uh, that uh, has corrupted our whole world and society, uh, not only with the evolutionary hypothesis, but uh, the racism that we see in our world today. So uh, thank you for that, that question. And I think one more note with uh, the Mary uh, prayer here uh, that a lot of Catholics overlook is verse uh, 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. So uh, in the Catholic Church, they 
uh, put Mary on the level of a redemptrix like Christ, a redeemer. And Mary, if she was alive today, uh, she would rebuke everybody doing that uh, because she's looked at Jesus as God as Savior. But uh, thank you so much for your call. We look like our time is almost out. A Merry Christmas to you and your husband and your family. And thank you so much for your call and pray for us. We need all the prayers we can get. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Well, Brother Gary, I'm going to turn it over to you to knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your cards and letters are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. So please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions and make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. On behalf of Contending for the Faith and our staff, we want to wish you a wonderful and Merry Christmas. May God richly bless you.